All right, what's up, everyone? This is a new episode of Sports Harder. Coming in live on our Friday evening schedule. I am your host, Maddie Lukewarm Ice, and my co-host for the evening, as always, is Chris the Gorilla Binder. What's up? <laughs> we need to do some cool, like, movie magic, you know, where I like reach over and then my hand like come comes through and like takes your hat off or something. I don't know. Just, like, <laughs> just hand me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> just like crack it open and then go like this, and then you grab it and then and then drink it. <laughs> that'd be that'd be awesome. Well, uh, we have a good amount to to go over uh, with this episode. The Super Bowl is set. We'll talk about the games and how the Super Bowl came to be with the teams that we have, which is the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk about our um, contest and how to do it and what to do. Um, it, well, this video, so hopefully people will be watching this video and uh, doing what they need to do to participate in the Super Bowl contest. $25 uh, B gift card. If you don't understand the lingo, B-dubs is Buffalo Wild Wings. So um, we're excited about that. Uh, excited to be talking about um, all, all kinds of different things. Uh, let's start off with what's going down, uh, which here recently a lot of the talks have been about Deshaun Watson and his landing spot. Um, he officially came out and requested from the team to be traded. He says that he officially had made it happen. I mean, it's been in talks for a long time now, but he's officially told the team, hey, I want to be traded. He has a tra- no trade clause in his contract, so he can decide which team he wants to go to. He can deny certain trades from happening. Um, shortly after, the GM – and the head coach basically came out and the new head coach, which we'll talk about that as well, uh, came out and said, you know, we are not uh, going to trade him no matter whether he wants it or not. We're not taking that into consideration. Um, Texans hiring Ravens assistant uh, David uh, Culley as their head coach. Um, And David Culley basically saying, I took the job because I knew Deshaun Watson was going to be the quarterback for this team. So I kind of messaged you and talked to you about it earlier today. Um, you kind of know my opinion, but I I think it's kind of dumb that the Texans are basically coming out and saying, well, he's going to, he's going to be the QB or not. And I just feel like that's a dumb move if the player doesn't want to be there. So and I've heard multiple reports of different um, sports analysts and stuff like that, that basically because there's betting odds of where he's going to be and where he's going to end up. Um, and a lot of people are saying that he'll still end up with the Texans. So what do you think the odds are of uh, that happening? Um, it's, it's definitely something to consider. Like he wants to trade out. If he doesn't get traded, I think we're going to be in like a Le'Veon Bell type situation where he's just going to sit out, you know, and then the more he sits out, the more his his stock declines. So initially, like when the talk was kind of going, 
um, kind of beginning, it was, all right, so he's going to have, he, he's going to demand, or the Texans are going to demand, what is it, it's three first-round picks, a mid-round pick, and a star player, basically, to, to kind of make the trade happen. But his kind of his, his stock trade, as soon as he requested the trade and said, look, I, I came out and actually said, I'm done. His stock trade kind of dropped a little bit. But then now the Texans made a smart move and said, no, we're not getting rid of him. We want him as our quarterback. So that kind of brings the trade stock back up. You know, it's, it's not I don't think it's as high as it was. But I, I honestly think that if he does get traded, it's going to be for at least th- three first round picks and probably a player. Yeah, like combined. Uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if it was that as well. Um, everyone can see I covered up this clock. Hopefully, it'll stop making the noises every hour now that it's covered up. Um, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> apologize uh, for uh, the that going on with everyone, especially for those that listen on the audio version of the podcast. But um, yeah, I feel like the he can't sit out. He can't pull Le'Veon Bell because Le'Veon Bell showed how detrimental that is. I mean, yes, he ended up getting paid after that, but you know, he didn't do anything and wasn't the star player that he used to be. And, you know, so sitting out a year can't hurt you. If he sits or retires, he'll lose he'll have to pay the Texans, I think it was like twenty some odd million out of his contract back if he sits or retires. And Every like preseason game he misses, I think it's like um, fifty thousand or something like that. And every day he misses of training camp is like ten thousand a day. So I mean, if he's gonna sit and and or like hold out, I guess is what you should call it. If he's gonna hold out, he's gonna lose a lot of money. Um, and I know he's planning on trying to make it up by getting signed by someone else, but. Um, but, I mean, he's already got a contract. He's got a four-year extension right now. So, yeah. in 2021, he's due, um, I think it's like $10 million is what he's due in 2021. So, next season. And then, then his new contract kicks in, and his lowest year is 2022 at $32.5 Yeah. Cause, I mean, so, he, he's, he's making like $35 million a year. He got paid as soon as Patrick Mahomes got paid. So, yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where they were on the the same of you know ready ready to get that big contract, and he got it. And now he wants he wants out. Um, I I don't see him being the Texan. I'm always gonna I'm gonna stand by that. Ever since it came out, I felt like okay, he's he's gonna leave. It'll be a done deal. Um, but now with the GM saying this and the coach saying it, I mean. And, you know, and a lot of the sports analysts are basically saying, you know, any GM or owner or coach will always make a trade if it's worth it, if it's worth their while. So like you said, if they're going to get a bunch of first round picks, if they get like a star player out of it, then it, it might be worth doing no matter how good the player is. If you're if you're offering enough for them, then. You know, because what did the Redskins offer to get RG3 in the draft? Wasn't it like four first round picks or something like that? They traded to be able to get him. Yeah. You know? And then you've got like, then you've got the uh, Mike uh, for the Saints. Oh my gosh. Coach. No, 
Uh-oh. like back when he traded for Ricky Williams, he was the coach. Mike Ditka. Back uh, when he traded for the Saints, you remember that? He, yeah. wanted, he jumped up from number five to number two and traded every single draft pick for that year and the next year. Oh, my God. For Ricky Williams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, so yeah, but like, like I was saying, I mean, if someone offers enough, you know, if you offer enough first round picks, I mean, anybody would take it, you know, so. The, the, the big problem here is that no trade clause. So what that does, I was actually doing some research on it when we were talking about it earlier. Um, what it actually does is if two team, if a team makes a deal with the Texans, so say the Dolphins come to the Texans and they say, look, we'll give you two first round picks, two second round picks and Tua for Deshaun Watson. And the Texans are like, yeah, that sounds great to us. They sit down at the table. They're getting ready to sign. Deshaun Watson looks at it and goes, nope, I don't want to play for them. Deals off the table. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's going to ruin that. Like, he has he has a say in it. And one of the things that was funny was uh, there was actually a trade that uh, ESPN put up. And they're like, here, it's like, it's a possibility of a trade. And this trade would actually work out for all parties involved. And here, here it is. It was, um, it was a three-team trade, which you never really see in the NFL anymore. But it was the Raiders, Texans, and the Colts. The Colts get Derek Carr. The Texans get Marcus Mariota, three first-round picks, and a third or fourth-round pick. Yeah, it was a fourth-round pick. The the Raiders get Deshaun Watson. And a third round pick and a fourth round pick, hmm. and that, I, like it was, it was a trade that was laid out that was like, hell yeah, if that's on the table, that's a good trade for all teams involved. Yeah, it, it actually is because that's it's the Colts giving up a fourth round pick for Derek Carr. Like that's all the Colts are giving up is a fourth round pick for Derek Carr. That that's saying that he's not he's he's a top twelve quarterback in the NFL. They're giving him up for a fourth round, but then they're getting Deshaun Watson, but they're giving up three first round picks and a fourth round pick. Yeah. So, I mean, that was one of the trade. That was one of the trade ideas that was laid on the table, but you know, all three teams could come with that trade idea. And if Deshaun Watson goes, I don't want to be a Raider. It doesn't happen. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. That's, 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 you're a hundred percent correct with that. No trade clause. He, has a say he can say no i don't want to play for the raiders so um he does have a lot of control in that um a lot of people are saying that deshaun doesn't really have a lot of leverage right now just because he can't sit out or he gets fined all this money you know if he sits out it could be a Le'Veon bell situation um the only real leverage he has is the no trade clause where he can decide you know where he wants to go basically um and he's already made it known, you know, that he wants to go either to the Jets or the Dolphins. So, um, you know, yeah, I think I, if a good situation comes out that he could be like a a front runner to get into the playoffs or make a deep run in the playoffs. I think if a team that came forward and was like, "Hey, we want to trade for you," like the Forty ers I don't see why he wouldn't go with them because they're as long as they're healthy, they have one of the best defenses in the league. They have an offense that's actually pretty potent. 
you know, like have a team that, that he looks at. He may not be saying anything, but a team comes forward that wants to make a trade for him, say like the 49ers, that all they need is that all-star quarterback to get over that hump. You know, I think I think that could be a team that if Jimmy Garoppolo could lead them to a Super Bowl, Deshaun Watson sure as hell could. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and uh, Shanahan, you know, very offensive-minded coach, would be able to make up some good plays for them to be able to do. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, the Rams are always in the talk with Goff, uh, you know, wanting to get away from him. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has, you know, come out and told – he was doing an interview with Deion Sanders, and Dion was saying, you know, where do you think Deshaun's going to go? And, you know, Jalen Ramsey was like, oh, he's, he's going to come here. He's going to – he's going to do what I did and basically, you know, come, come to the Rams. And, you know, obviously, you know, uh, I guess him and Jalen are, are friends and everything. And so like, you know, he's basically saying that he wants him to come and play for the Rams just because Jalen Ramsey says that doesn't mean that it's a possibility, but it's one of those things where it's like every single team is doing what they can to throw out that, idea and trying to entice you know Deshaun to come you know so and trying to you know convince the owner stuff like that so um I I I will say I don't think the Rams have the trade equity to get him because of the Jalen Ramsey trade yeah exactly they 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 don't have the the first round picks to be able to offer for that because this year is the last year that we have to give up our first round pick uh, because of Jalen. So um, so moving on from Deshaun, let's move on to Graham. You're bringing that up and today. Um, uh, Reports were out that the Rams have been calling and trying to get uh, a trade going for uh, Matthew uh, Stafford uh, from the Lions. Uh, so with with that, I mean, the Rams trying to go and get him. As a Rams fan, um, I don't think it would be that much of an upgrade or that good of a, of a trade to be able to, even if we gave up, off to the Lions, I don't know what would happen to be able to get him. But if if um, if if he did come to the Rams, I just don't think we would be any better than what we were. Um, I mean, I think Stafford's a great passer, but again, if the pocket or anything collapses, you know, he's not not very good at you know improvising or making things happen. Um, as like a sports analyst uh, for that, I mean, I think. If they went and got him, they could possibly draft the quarterback still in the draft and have them learn under instead of learning under golf. Um, you know, that that could potentially help us in the future. But I feel like with some of our talent we need to like win now type of situation with like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, while they're at their peak, they're at their prime, you know, now with those type of defensive players um, but uh, how do you feel the Rams would be if they went out and got Matthew Stafford as, as the quarterback because I feel like it's going to happen because they're now reporting if they're reporting on it and they're talking about it I feel like it's almost like a done deal so there's some fire under it yeah 
I don't think it's a done deal, but I think there's definitely some fire under it. I think he's more likely to go to the Rams than Deshaun Watson would be. Um, but in my in my honest opinion of watching watching them play, so in the the term of the gunslinger quarterback, you have the penultimate gunslinger, which was Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Yeah, <laughs> you know he, he was—he's the best gunslinger there was. He—he'd he'd tear teams apart. He threw—he throw the ball even in tight spaces. He had a lot of turnovers, a lot of uh, interceptions, you know. But he made the game fun. Matt Stafford and Jared Goff both kind of fall under that gunslinger mentality. It's throw the ball, get it down the field, make the game fun. The problem that I see is Jared Goff has more turnovers and more mistakes than Matt Stafford does. So it would make the team a little bit better, but not on the level that it would need to be to get to the championship. Yep. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. So, you know, uh, we'll we'll see if the rumblings of that uh, continue. And um, the GM of the Rams, Les Snead, has already said that uh, Jared Goff is the quarterback at the moment and that uh, are going forward. And it's just like, as soon as a GM says at the moment, you just know it's bad news. Like, that's just bad news for the quarterback as soon as you hear those words. So, um, you know, like I said, I think it's kind of a done deal maybe not so with Matthew Stafford, but some somebody's going to be uh, new under center for the Rams this coming, this uh, next upcoming season. So it's, it's definitely going to be some, somebody new doing that. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, and the, the QB carousel will continue to happen all season. There's so many teams that are looking for a quarterback. Everybody the next Patrick Mahomes, you know, everyone's trying to find the the new, almost like you said, gunslinger, you know, some someone that, that's just going to be able to bomb it down the field. Now, I mean, if you have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey on your team, it's kind of easy to bomb it down the field. Um, you know, Fastest when it guy to- in football. Yeah. <laughs> you, you almost can't out-throw Tyree Kill. You can't overthrow him. Like, it's very hard well, I mean, to do if you do it. If you throw it above his head because he's so damn short. <laughs> but he'll still run and catch it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's one of those things when it, when it comes to that. Um, but uh, I don't think there's any other major news to talk about when it comes to the rumblings and the talkings of, um, you know, what's, what's going on with, uh, you know, NFL quarterbacks and everything everyone's just getting ready for the, the Super Bowl coming up, which will be interesting because I don't think they're, um, I don't think they're doing like um, radio row and stuff like that and doing all the media this year. So it'll be interesting that the players will just have like, a normal two weeks of like practice basically before going to the Super Bowl. Um, it right. won't be a big overwhelming distraction that the second week usually brings with being on radio row and having to um, talk to all the different media every single day, like all day. Um, yeah. I mean, they may still do it, but do virtual. 
kind of liked what they've been doing for post games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, there was a little bit of rumblings that that have come up uh, today that I wanted to bring up with the Raiders. Yeah. Um, so the rumor is with uh, the Raiders that they want to sign Nelson Aguilar, but he's due a big payday because he had a breakout year. He had a career year with the Raiders. Um, he was he was only signed to a one year contract. I think it was like one year, two point five million. Um, so he's seeking something in the range of eight to twelve million per year in his contract. You know, he kind of showed that that he's got the speed, he's got the hands, he he can help elevate a team. Like because he came into the Raiders not even listed as a starter, and ended up the best wide receiver on the team. Um, the best pass catcher was Darren Waller, but the best wide receiver was Nelson Aguilar. Um, he had like. 890 yards so on like 46 catches or something like that but besides that um the Raiders have been talking about trying to get him re-signed and a report came out today about Nelson Aguilar after the Dolphins game the week 16 Dolphins game that they lost um getting pissed off in the locker room and yelling at everybody and saying, you guys are giving up. You guys aren't even playing like a team. This is a team sport. What are you guys doing? You all suck. Like, basically tearing the team apart. So there's a report that that happened. But then you have a couple of the players that have come forth and said, no, that never happened. So what I'm, I'm wondering is if it's something along the lines of the Raiders kind of leaked a little bit of a report like this, like their front office or something, kind of leaked a little bit of a report like this to kind of bring his uh, stock down a little bit, his free agent stock down a little bit so they can afford to pay him and keep him on the team. So their teams don't look at him. <laughs> hey, I mean, the people do that all the time, you know, to either raise their stock to trade them or to lower it to, you know, be able to get to keep, to keep them because they secretly want to keep them. I mean, stuff like that happens all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. There's there hasn't been a statement from Nelson Aguilar, but uh, they actually called Gruden and asked him. They're like, "So what what's going on with this report? Like, what do you have to say about it?" He's like, "I love Nelly." <laughs> like that's all he said was, "I love Nelly." <laughs> that's what they call him. Nelson Aguilar is Nelly, but yeah, it was just it was just a funny it was a funny report that I read, and I was like, "It's really weird that other players are coming out, like players that are on the team, starters, saying he never said that." He never did that. He never outbursts like that. Yeah. Fair um, enough. Um, all right. We were talking about the Super Bowl. I wanted to, I wanted to bring up a funny point about the Super Bowl. Um, two locker room cancers for the Steelers. Former Steelers are going to be facing against each other in the Super Bowl. Levy Humbell and Antonio Brown. Well, that is that is true. That's uh, kind of ironic that they're going to be doing that. I mean, if Antonio Brown is healthy enough, I guess, to play because he was not playing in the uh, NFC Championship game. So um, he had a knee injury, but I think that I think they're clearing him to play for the Super Bowl. Alrighty, fair enough. Well, talk talking about uh, those games and what had happened with that. So the. Um, 
stats or something that I want to look at. So the the first game with the Bucks and the the Packers, um, I'm sure your uh, lovely wife would have a lot of things to say about how this game. Uh, but uh, the Buccaneers end up winning uh, 31-26. One of the big storylines out of the game was when it was fourth and goal close to the end of the game, and they kicked the field goal instead of going for the touchdown to try to tie the game. Of course, they would have had to have gotten the two-point conversion, um, but they still would have had a chance to tie it, and they kick a field goal instead. They asked Aaron Rodgers, you know, did you have any say in it? And he basically said, no, I had no say as soon as it was decided before I could even give my opinion. Um, and it's one of those things where it kind of sounded like, you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously wanted to go for it. He's a competitor. Um, you know, you always want to try to go for it. Have one of the best duos, you know, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Um, I know he tried to hook up with him on a couple of those end zone plays for that um and i kind of messaged you and i said you know thinking this is the the playoffs this is conference championship you know you lose you go home there's no tomorrow why not just go for it on fourth and goal yeah that was that was confusing for me um especially on the third and goal play where aaron Rodgers kind of broke through the pocket like he came up into the pocket he stepped up he had a clear vision for five yards to the end zone. Like there was no defenders. He could have easily just ran it right in. No problem. Not been touched. So I was confused why he didn't run that in. And then, yeah, the field goal was confusing as hell. I think the big issue, like the biggest issue that I had with the whole game was the whole game. The refs are letting them play. Yeah. Like, they're letting them play. They're let like, the they but. Yeah, they let multiple uh, pass interferences go. They let multiple holding, defensive holding go. Like there was a play where Alan Lazard was running a crossing pattern, and uh, who was it? It was one of the one of the safeties. Like grabbed his shoulder pad and straight pulled him around in a circle, and he yeah. missed the pass. They didn't call it. They just let him play. I was like, oh, all right, cool. And there was multiple times on both sides of the ball that they let pass interference go. Even on the last drive that the Packers had that they ended up kicking the field goal, there was multiple times on that drive that they were running down to the end zone that should have been a pass interference. Like where Devontae Adams got held or he got he got hit as the ball was getting there, like before the ball even got there. You know, there, there was multiple times that that happened. And then – the Bucks get the ball back, and, I mean, it was a clear pass interference, a clear hold defensive holding, where he grabbed the dude's jersey, and it was Kevin King, I think, grabbed his jersey, and they, they called pass interference. It's like, okay, you're not calling that all game long, but then when it matters and it ends the game for the Packers and gives the game to Tom Brady, you're going to call it? Yeah. Like, that made no sense to me whatsoever. Like, I get that it was obvious and it was definitely pass interference, but so were all the other ones that happened that you didn't call. Like, you can't just decide, hey, we're going to let them play this game, and then all of a sudden, at the end of the game, when it decides the game, because that was on – I think that was on third down. So it was they would have punted. Yeah, they would have punted. 
Yeah. They would and, have punted the ball and it would have been it would have been the Packers ball and they would have had like a minute ten to get back down the field. Yeah. And but they, they didn't call that. They yeah, and that's 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 more that's more than enough time for Aaron Rodgers to go down and do something. I mean, you know, and it's one of one of the the things that I noticed too is it took him a long time to make that call. You know, it was kind of very late, so it was just like one of those things where they like thought about it. They were like, "Uh, should we?" And then they threw it, and then they got in their little huddle, you know, and talked about it. But we talked about it in the podcast beforehand uh, who who was gonna uh, control the refs more, Tom Brady or the Packers? And uh, our answer was. Uh, given that uh, they that Tom Brady had more so the refs than uh, Pat, so, um, yeah, he makes more money than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> well, I mean, when you have a supermodel wife that makes a lot of money too, I mean, you know, double double the money. Um, but yeah, uh, w- crazy that you know Tom Tom Brady going to his tenth Super Bowl, um, first time in NFL history that a home team will host a Super Bowl, um, which is going to be crazy in itself. Um, they're going to have a lot of home fans, obviously. I think they said 22,000 fans. More than half of them are going to be uh, first responders and uh, nurses and medical people who have gotten their uh, COVID shots um, and their free tickets. So they're, they're getting uh, free tickets to the Super Bowl, which will be good for them. They, they deserve that. Um, so I, it, it'll be interesting playing a home game, how loud it's actually going to be with 22,000 fans. I mean, I don't think it'd be a big deal for the Chiefs because, I mean, Patrick Mahomes played in a full stadium last year in the Super Bowl, you know, and yeah. they won, you know, so I don't, I don't think it'd be as big of a deal. Um, but uh, with that, with, you know, Brady going to a 10th Super Bowl, uh you know, everyone, you know, wants to solidify the whole, you know, greatest of all time, basically, that he's the GOAT. Um, you know, 10 Super Bowls, six six Super Bowl wins out of the 10. Um, Could be I, seven if he wins this one. Yeah. If Could he wins be a seven, 70%. So, it, you know, it'll be one of those things, and a lot of people like to compare and say, well, Joe Montana went to four Super Bowls and won all four. Um you know, Terry so he, same thing. Yeah. So, you know, um, so a lot of people don't want to say he's the greatest because he didn't win every single Super Bowl that he went to. Um, I it, it's hard because I, I don't I don't think Tom Brady's like the greatest of all time. I think that he is the best of his generation because I, I, I don't feel like there's a greatest of all time in any sport. I feel like there's the best player of a generation in every sport, you know, and it gets passed down. The torch gets passed down. And so, you know, there uh, was, um, you know, Magic Johnson. And then after Magic Johnson was Michael Jordan. And then after Michael Jordan, it was Kobe. And then after Kobe, it was LeBron. Like, I think every, every section in history has their best player. But I don't think there's a debate of, like, who is the best of all time because they each – each thing like is different. Like the rules are different in each era, you know, like everyone's like, Oh, well would Tom Brady have won as many Super Bowls if he played during Joe Montana, Joe Montana's time. Who knows? No, like probably not. 
because the rules are different now. Like they protect the quarterback now. Back then, you couldn't. The quarterback got smashed, and like you didn't even, you know, the the rest didn't even care. Like the quarterback could look up at the ref and be like, "Oh man, that was a hard tackle," and the ref would be like, "Oh well, welcome to the NFL." Like you know, it just, it, it's don't be a sissy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It rubs some dirt <laughs> in it. Like you'll be fine. Um, so that's why I think you can't say he's the greatest of all time because it he's he's the best of his generation now. So. I don't even think he's the best of his generation. That's the funny thing. <laughs> he is the winningest. He is the winningest of his generation, but that that's, doesn't make him the best. That's it doesn't make him the best. Honestly, I think the best quarterback of this generation was Drew Brees. Yeah. One. I can argue that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tom Brady's 6'4, 6'5. Drew Brees is six foot. Drew Brees is a short quarterback and still threw for 70 plus thousand yards. The dude has he's been an Iron Man. He's been amazing. And he he's got the highest completion percentage in the history of the NFL. Yeah. He's, he's like 70, 71%. Yeah, he's him and Brady were going back and forth this year on who got the most touchdowns. I think Brady ended up winning or finishing it though. And Breeze is probably gonna retire most likely. But yeah. but Breeze did all this on a team that was never really a good team. The Saints have never been known as a good team until Breeze took over. The Saints were always laughed at. It's, oh, that's an easy game. It was like the Jets this year. Oh, that's an easy game. You know, that's what the Saints were for decades. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't until Breeze came along that they actually started showing promise, started showing that they're good. Um and really, even after Breeze got there, they weren't that great until after Hurricane Katrina. Sorry about that. But, you know, um, to me, Breeze is the quintessential quarterback for the NFL. He's an all-around good dude. He played through injury. He played with everything. He left everything on the field. And he came out. He has the most passing yards in NFL history. He has the the record for most yards in a single season, I think. I think he did actually break that. I know he broke it, and then Peyton Manning broke it, but I think he broke it again. Well, I was going to mention, know. I mean, you could throw Peyton Manning kind of in that discussion as maybe one of one of the greatest of, of this generation, you know? Yeah. We've seen some great quarterbacks in this generation. We really have. But I, I do want to throw one funny thing out. Um, I think this is the Super Bowl that has the biggest age gap between quarterbacks ever. When Tom Brady, when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl in 2001, Patrick Mahomes was in kindergarten. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, transitioning into that, uh, the, the chiefs and the bills uh, game, uh, you know, obviously Chiefs winning uh, with uh, Patrick Mahomes going to his uh, second straight uh, Super Bowl appearance. Um, it it felt like it wasn't even close. At, at times, maybe the score seemed like it was close, but it just felt like the Chiefs were the Chiefs. And they're, they're almost like when it was uh, – Tom Brady that year he had Randy Moss and they went undefeated until they lost in the Super Bowl. 
Like, it just seemed like every single team they played, it was just so easy, so simple. And this was the this was the AFC Championship game, and it still just seemed so easy for them. Like, it, it just didn't seem like it was a challenge at all. Like, and it, it's just crazy to see that a, a team like that, that, you know, they're they're able to dominate that, that much, especially on offense, of course. Um, uh, luckily, I mean, the, the Bills started out quick. You know, you got to give the Bills props on that. They started out quick, both on defense and offense. Yeah. You know, and even, even special teams, they started out quick with the McCole Hardman drop that they scored a touchdown on. You know, yeah. they, they started out fast and they were up nine to zero or yeah, it was nine to zero. And they're like, I think what happened is they got comfortable. They were like, oh, we've got this game. We can handle the Chiefs. And the Chiefs were Patrick Mahomes on the sideline goes, nope, just hold on. <laughs> Looks over at like Chad Henney, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. And just went off. I think he threw for like almost 400 yards. Yeah, and um, Travis Kelsey, uh, I think they said, set the record for a playoff uh, game for a tight end for receiving yards. For most re- no, most receptions. I think he did for a tight end, yes. Um, so he set the record for most receptions in a game, in a playoff game. And then Tyreek Hill set the record for most receiving yards in a playoff game. Oh, okay. Because Tyreek, Tyreek Hill had 180, 184 receiving yards. That's just crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Like Patrick Mahomes was just like, all right, you guys got cocky. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was one of those things where it's like last year they came back from double digit deficits in every single playoff game, including the Super Bowl. So they're just like yeah. nine points. That's nothing. Like, like <laughs> we got this nine nine to zero. <laughs> we can score nine points in a minute. Like <laughs> And they, they did. They scored 14 points in like four minutes. <laughs> Like, they scored two touchdowns in four minutes. Like, Mahomes comes out, Travis Kelsey, touchdown. Tyreek Hill, touchdown. Like, what the hell just happened? (laughs) Yeah. Literally, I I was nine to zero, and they kicked the ball off. I went pee and came back and grabbed a drink, sat back down, and it was 14 to nine. I'm like, what the hell happened? (laughs) Just like, No, what was funny was I was like, what the hell happened? And all my wife said is, Patrick Mahomes, do I need to say anything else? I'm like, nope. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. All right. Um, I'm hoping that um, this game for Josh Allen doesn't turn into like a Lamar Jackson type thing, you know, because now Josh Allen has all this, what do you want to call it? Like hype. Yeah, yeah, like hype. He has all this hype now because he took the team to the AFC Championship game, um, and he was uh, <laughs> he was uh, you know uh, kind of like a dark horse for MVP this year. And him and Stephon Diggs had a good connection. Um, I feel like the defense kind of needs to step up a little bit more, and maybe, maybe because the big debate is who is going to be Patrick Mahomes's rival. Because everyone said, you know, we, we talked about the generational players, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. That was the 
that was the best rivalry it was. I have to admit, it was. Every time they played each other, you were like, man, this is going to be awesome. And you didn't know who was going to come out on top because they were both such great quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes already has, like, that crown of just, like, okay, like, I'm carrying the torch. Like, I, I'm the next big thing. Who else is who else is it going to be? And Lamar Jackson, they people wanted it to be Lamar Jackson. But Patrick Mahomes, every time they play Baltimore – decimate them and Lamar always has a crappy game so is it going to be Josh Allen I mean Josh Allen didn't really have that bad of a game but you know they still lost so is Josh Allen going to be able to handle that and make it a rivalry going in in the future or do you think it's going to have to be somebody else who steps up against Patrick I I think it's going to end up being Trevor Lawrence wow really yeah I think Trevor Lawrence is like Patrick Mahomes. He's a generational talent. Like, and he's in the same generation as Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is only 24 years old. Yeah. You know, 24, 25 years old. And he's I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be on the same level. I really do. And right now, like I could see Josh Allen doing it. As long as the team stays behind him and the team stays healthy. But Buffalo has a bad habit of Oh, well, you got me this far, and I'm just going to drop you. Like, Doug Flutie got him to the playoffs. They dropped him. Tyrod Taylor got him to the playoffs. They dropped him. You know, Kyle Orton got him to the playoffs. They dropped him. Granted, none of these quarterbacks, I think, are as good as – well, Doug Flutie was, but I don't think any of the other quarterbacks are really as good as, you know, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's ceiling is really high. I mean, it helps that he's six foot six, but (laughs) – Yeah, I, I I think I think he could be he could be that rival for Patrick or Pat Mahomes, but I more so think that it's going to be like somebody that comes out of this draft, like a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields. Well, that would be interesting because Justin Fields potentially might be going to the Jets, which would be the NFC, if I'm correct. AFC. That is it's in the same. Di- yeah, it's in the same division as uh. The the Bills. But then you also have to think, like, who, the other person that could step up into this, the dark horse that we're not talking about, if he goes to Miami, is Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Deshaun Watson could be that, that quarterback that gives Pat Mahomes a run for his money as long as he's got a team around him. The Texans are not a good team. You yeah. put a good team around him, and he's going to be just as good as Pat Mahomes, I think. Well, that's why I'm worried about Trevor Lawrence. You know, if he's going to the Jags, it's going to be a while before that team or that team would be even even light years close to compete against the Chiefs. You know, it, you know, it's one of those things where Trevor Lawrence might be that good, but like you said, if he doesn't have a good defense around him or maybe you know some good weapons, then it'll be a while before he can compete against Patrick Mahomes. You know, and somebody wants. Uh, competition with them now you know people want to see that now they don't want to see Patrick Mahomes run over every team like he has been like it's kind of been ridiculous like I said why am I blanking on words tonight uh, it's been ridiculous how like um, uh, it's not I don't want to say easy but it's just been like you know so like nonchalant almost like for Patrick Mahomes. So, 
But like you said, we'll see. Maybe out of this draft, we'll be able to see. But now we have the matchup set of, you know, um, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. They've played each other, I think, four times uh, before. Uh, they're split. They're split two and two. So, yep. um, you know, everyone remembers the AFC championship game that, you know, they, they barely lost to the Patriots in overtime. Um, to then them in the Super Bowl against the Rams instead of it being the Chiefs. I still to this day feel like if it would have been the Chiefs, the Rams could have won that Super Bowl solely just because we we beat the Chiefs in the regular season. And so I feel like and that defense then that Chiefs defense then was not the defense that they have now. Like yeah. So um, I still to this day feel even though I'm a Rams fan, so I'm biased, but I still feel to this day if the Chiefs would have played the Rams in that Super Bowl, then the Rams probably would have won it. But um, so uh, yeah, so the matchup between Brady Mahomes that'll be the the big thing. Um, Bruce Arians, uh, you know, going against um, uh, Andy Reid. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's kind of had Andy Reid's number, you know, when he's with the Eagles, the Patriots beat him, you know, with the Chiefs, he's beat him as a Patriot. It seems like Tom's always kind of gotten Andy Reid, um, you know, every time they play each other uh, in big games. Um, this will be the second Super Bowl he's played against them. Um, and, you know, we'll talk more, obviously, next next Friday about the Super Bowl. We'll talk about prop bets. We'll talk about um, who we think is going to win, how it's going to go, what each team needs to do to kind of take the win. Um, and, uh, you know, at, like we said, we'll talk about the, um, the contest for, you know, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and getting that $25 uh, Buffalo Wild Wings uh, gift card. Um, one thing that I guess uh, – have to mention as well is uh this guy ended up winning the nfl picks challenge for me against you yeah this guy i won the pot bet i won the pop bet so you owe me a pop of my choosing because this guy was able to pick more correct uh teams winning than you were so um Hopefully we can keep this as an annual tradition. It'll be good. I think we should always do it as a pop bet. I think that would be fun. Um, just whoever can get the most uh, picks right uh, for the whole season. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so basically Super Bowl pick doesn't matter because I'm too far ahead to be able to have you, have you catch up, even though we'll still predict who we think is going to win and everything. Um, yep. Yeah. I feel like you as a Raiders fan, I kind of know <laughs> the way that you're going to go, but you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll save that, uh, that, that spoiler for, for next week. Um, <laughs> looks like you're trying to find someone on your phone. I am. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm currently ordering your pop. Oh, I'm doing it now. Nice. Yep. Do it on the podcast so people know that people know that this is legit. So it's legit, yeah. Okay. It actually is going to happen. Well, I do uh, send you my uh, my new address here uh, once the podcast is over to be able to officially 
buy that, but I love that you have it pulled up and everything. <laughs> That's awesome. And who knows, I'm going to turn around and probably have to buy one for you and back after the draft. So, I mean, maybe Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yep. But we'll That's see. Maybe, funny. maybe uh, Urban Meyer will help me out here a little bit and uh, stick with his Ohio boy. You know, and, and he's uh, not going to. Uh, there's there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's uh let's talk about uh, a couple things real quick and some other sports. Um, two things that I wanted to cover real quick. Let's uh talk about uh baseball. So with uh, Major League Baseball had announced the other day that they are not having any Hall of Famers inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Um, I think they says the first time in 13 years that they will not have anyone inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, I think it's sad that they, they, they can't even get one person voted into the Hall of Fame for baseball. There, there's not enough good players in baseball to at least have one person voted into the Hall of Fame for baseball. Um, I know a big a big thing, a big uh, controversy, I guess, with it is the, the voters and how they vote for that. Um, who was it? Uh, Kurt Schillings um, basically came, came on the out, uh, outkick coverage of Fox Sports 1 uh, radio show. He came on and did an interview with uh, Clay Travis and basically said, you know, the reason why I didn't get voted into the Hall of Fame is because uh, my political beliefs and I've been outright with it and I've been upfront and said how I feel about politics. And so all the baseball writers are all like left wing and I'm right wing. And so they're never going to vote me in. So he said that he demanded that they take him off the ballot and that he does not want to be considered in the Hall of Fame going forward. Um, and he said once he gets to a point where he's old enough to be, I can't remember what it was, to be in something, um, some type of retired baseball thing. And then I guess after that, then uh, players vote you into the Hall of Fame after you're in that retired category. Um and he said he would rather be voted in by his teammates anyways than baseball writers. Yeah. Do you, do you think that the baseball writers have gotten too – not political, I guess. I mean, he's saying it is p- because of political reasons. But do you feel like that the baseball writers are kind of, you know, noses up in the air type of thing and they're not going to let in like a Barry Bonds or, you know, Roger Clemens or Kurt Schillings, you know, uh, Mark McGuire, like – there's like do, four people right there that they can vote in. I mean, do you, do you want to know the biggest difference between Kurt Schilling and the other three players you just listed? Kurt Schilling steroids. never, never cheated. Never yeah. used steroids. Yeah. yeah. Kurt, yeah. Kurt Schilling deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He really does. The dude won three rings. He won two with the Yankees, one with the Diamondbacks. You know, and he actually made it to the AL championship with the Red Sox. I don't think they won with him on the team, but Kurt Schilling deserves to be in the, in the Hall of Fame. Plain and simple. The guy never cheated. The guy was stand up. He was he was a mean pitcher. Like he talked shit to the batters. He didn't care. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> he did not care because he could stand his ground with him. He was a big boy. Like, people didn't want to mess with him. Batters did not want to mess with him. And it's really funny that you brought up Kurt Schilling because there was actually a, a Twitter thread that went back and forth between Kurt Schilling and Jose Canseco. Jose Canseco actually came on and said, it's going to be a disgrace if you elect Kurt Schilling into the Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling got on there and goes, why? I strike your ass out every time I face you, and I never cheated like you did. Oh, <laughs> oh damn. Like, it was, it was funny. But, no, I, I, in my opinion, yeah, Kurt Schilling should have been in there. And, yeah, I do think that a lot of the baseball writers have their noses stuck up in the air. They really do. Like, Barry Bonds, we've had this discussion. You know, Barry Bonds, even before the steroid use, was a prolific hitter. Mark McGuire was a prolific hitter before the steroids. Mark McGuire is still hitting bombs out of Fenway Park over the Big Green Monster before steroids. You know, that they were known for hitting the ball. They were known for being productive hitters, known for being home run hitters. But they're not let in because of a couple of years of steroid use. It wasn't like a full career of steroid use. Yeah. You know, yeah. Th- their accolades. You know, Mark McGuire, like we had this discussion, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, where Mark McGuire actually came out and he's like, it doesn't matter how many steroids I take or how big I get, I still have to hit the ball. I still have to hit a hundred mile an hour fastball that could be anywhere from my head to my feet. Like, yeah. I have to be able to time that in a millisecond to connect with my baseball bat that is the same diameter as the baseball. Like, I still have to hit that ball. So, honestly, just the fact that they could do that, steroids aren't going to speed up their eyesight. Yeah, and you don't, <laughs> uh, you don't think about the mental side of it either because I watched a 30 for 30 the other night that talked – and it had um, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, and they did personal interviews with them about the race that they had, the home run race. And yeah. Mark McGuire came out and actually said no one ever realized actually how mentally painful it was for me to go through that whole situation because reporters were at my locker as soon as I came out of the shower or they were right outside of the bathroom. Or like he was like, I had to have guards to – two bodyguards with me at all times when I would go to batting practice. You know, he was just like the, the, the pressure of every single time a reporter coming up to you, are you going to break the record? Do you think you're going to break it? Like you're getting close. Like, you know, are you going to break it? He was like, it was mentally draining so much so that I actually, after I broke the record, I actually asked the coach to take me out of the line. He was like, I can't do it anymore. And then Sammy Sosa, you know, broke the record and tied Mark McGuire. And then Mark McGuire was like, well, at that point, I had worked so hard to break the record. I didn't want Sammy to take it from me. So I, you know, I started, you know, I started playing again. And then once I pulled like so far ahead of him, he was just like, yeah, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like, I, I don't have anything left. He was like, my body was, was, was just done. And he was like, people didn't realize how hard it was mentally to, to break the record when it happened. So yeah. I think, you know, steroids is not going to help you 
mentally be able to handle all that pressure of trying to break a record. And then after that, trying to keep it because Sammy was right behind him. So I, I agree with you. Like, you know, you said the steroids doesn't help with doing that, but I, physically, but I think also mentally, it was very interesting to watch that 30 for 30 documentary. I would encourage anyone to go and watch it. If you have ESPN plus go, go and watch that 30 for 30 documentary. It was, it was very cool to see, um, Mark McGuire's side of it. Sammy Sosa's side was funny because he said he never felt any pressure. He loved the attention because he was from the Dominican Republic and no one ever knew who he was. And then now all of a sudden everyone had their eyes on him and he said he loved every minute of it. But then Mark McGuire over here was like, yeah, I'm mentally breaking down like every day. So um, it, it was it was a cool documentary. So I thought I would throw that out there with, you know, talking about that aspect of it as well. Um it'll be interesting to see how long it takes or if they ever will get in um how many more how many more years are they gonna have zero people in the hall of fame like you know you know what i think i think it should not be up to the baseball writers as to who gets in i think it should be up to baseball players it really should People, people that have had a career, everybody that's in the Hall of Fame already, give them a vote. Yeah, that that's actually what I think. Good. You yeah. made it to the Hall of Fame, you get a vote. Yeah, you get a vote on who gets in. I guarantee, if they did it that way, we would see Barry Bonds, we would see Hank Aaron, or not Hank Aaron, sorry, uh, Mark McGuire. We'd see Pete Rose. I was thinking Hank Aaron because of his passing, um, but we'd see Pete Rose get in. Yeah, yeah. Most prolific hitter, like most hits ever by anybody. And he, he <laughs> doesn't get in because he gambled. Yeah. He didn't throw a game. He never threw a game. You can't throw a game in baseball. You, you just can't. <laughs> like, you can yeah. make mistakes, but your coach is going to take you the hell out if you're making mistakes. Well, the betting was when he was the coach, wasn't it? It might have been. It might I think it was when he was a coach. Yeah. So, yeah. but either way, like, you're not going to throw a damn game. And he, he never bet against his team or for his team. He, he just bet. He was gambling. It was sports yeah. gambling. But he, he wasn't even betting on baseball. Like, that's the funny part. He wasn't even betting on baseball. I think he was betting on, like, football and basketball, and he got busted for it. I think I think some of it was baseball, and that's why it was such a big deal because they thought, you know, as a coach, he could throw the games. You know, he could take a pitcher out, or he could, you know, take a player out that would, you know, decide decide the game. So, um, I think I think I'm pretty sure it was it was baseball while he was coaching, um, especially during the World Series when they when the Reds made it to the World Series. Um, uh, a couple times, like he was, he was betting on those games during the World Series. Um, but even so, I mean, I, I think that time has passed. I think he's served his punishment long enough. It, you know, it's kind of time for for people to get over that and move on. So, um, but yeah, very, very, very interesting and crazy that no, no uh, baseball Hall of Fame inductees. So that that just uh, 
you know, blows my mind for that. Yeah. Um, That's just crazy. So, uh, moving on to some, some NBA news. So NBA has been very interesting because, uh, especially in the, uh, Western conference, because look who is in first place in the Western conference right now, the Utah jazz jazz. (laughs) They are crazy. They're on a 10 game win streak, 10 game win streak. Yep. And Donovan hasn't even been playing. No, he missed the last game. He missed one game. He missed the last game um, before the concussion. He's missing missing the next game, too. Yeah, so so he'll be missing two total games. But in the win streak, he's missed one game. Um, But, yeah, I mean, they've won 10 in a row. And not only did they overtake the Lakers, they overtook the Clippers. And the Clippers overtook the Lakers. (laughs) Yeah, it, it, it's crazy to to think that uh, maybe Shaquille O'Neal did the best thing ever for Utah fans by <laughs> calling right. out uh, Mitchell. Maybe secretly he knew what he was doing. He was just like, ah, this will light a fire under him. Like, you know, <laughs> um, maybe maybe that was his plan all along. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, the, the Jazz on their 10-game win streak um, being in first place right now, like I said, being in first place, if they somehow, I doubt they will, but if somehow they finish the season in first place, it's not that big of a, an accomplishment because first place doesn't mean much in the playoffs in NBA. So It does in the beginning. It does in the first series because you're playing the eight, the number eight seed. That's the only yeah. series that it really makes a difference, you know? Yeah. Well, what I meant to say, I guess, is it doesn't make a difference on like home or away, basically. So, yeah, um, especially with COVID right now and no fans, it definitely doesn't make a difference. So, um, but maybe but we yeah. don't have we don't have those restrictions come playoff time. Hopefully, true. Yeah, things things could definitely change or in the playoffs that they would allow a certain amount of fans, kind of like they did for the NFL playoffs. So. Um, and then in the East, the 76ers are still kind of dominating and pulling away. They're in first place right now. Um, the Bucks in second place. Um, what was it in the West? I forgot to mention, too. The The Rockets are on, a, I think, a three-game win streak, three or four-game win streak. So the Rockets, yeah. now after yeah. losing Harden, are kind of turning things around with Oladipo and everything. So, um, But then you've also got the Grizzlies and the Nuggets on five-game win streaks. Yeah. So it's the the West will be the Western Conference will be interesting this year. Um, the East, I think it'll still be the same. The biggest notable will be the Nets and how well that they can get things going now that they have uh, you know Harden on their team. So the the East will I, I feel like it'll be the Bucks and the Seventy Sixers who are making a. The, the 76ers are making their presence known, um, and then uh, the Nets. So I feel like that's kind of the big three in the East, and that'll that'll be the the biggest, uh, you know, uh, deciding factor for for that area. Um, you know, I, I want to talk about one of the teams in the East really quick. Yeah, because it to me it's not a surprise, but to some people it is. The Wizards sitting at three and eleven. Yeah, they they got they got their big trade for Russ Westbrook, who yeah. 
everybody was like, oh, he was so great on the on the Thunder. He was he was the man on the Thunder, and you know the Thunder chose him over Kevin Durant. And I'm like, they didn't choose him over Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant chose to leave because of <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Like he didn't like yeah. him, yeah, because Westbrook is not that good. You know, I'm I'm a Thunder fan. I never liked him. Yeah. I never liked Westbrook. I liked the rest of the team, and I thought they were stupid for getting rid of Steven Adams, but they finally got rid of Russ Westbrook, and he hasn't done crap. He didn't really do anything on the Rockets. Like, he was not, like, the main main character on, on the Rockets. Now they got him on the Wizards, and he's kind of the front guy. Like, they're going to him more than they go to Bradley Beal, and they suck. Yeah. I mean, Bradley Beal's already wanting out from what I've heard. Yep. So. yep. He said he wants traded. He wants to go to the Lakers. Of course. Well, yeah. Who doesn't, who doesn't want to go to the Lakers? I mean, let's go to the, uh, a championship team. Yeah. I mean, who, let's who go would be part of LeBron's baggage? <laughs> I mean, hey, hang on to his coattails just to win a title. That's all he cares about. Um, I mean, that's what freaking Dwight Howard did. I mean, Dwight Howard wasn't – he didn't do anything really for the Lakers, but he was just on there and so he could win a title. So, um, but, but yeah. Um, so, uh, let me take a look here. So, I guess what we'll end with, um, you know, some NHL stuff because NHL has been going on, um, you know, on – I guess on – my my end when it comes to the the Washington Capitals, um, you know they haven't they haven't been doing the the best. They've been having a lot of games that you know they'll they'll pull ahead, they'll go up by like you know two goals, three goals, and then they slack on defense, and then the other team comes back and ties it up, and then they've been losing either in overtime or shootouts. Um, the Capitals finally made a comeback last night. They they were down three to zero. They came back and won the game six to three. Whew. Um, so the Capitals poured it on when they needed to 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 get some goals and the comeback and win against the Islanders. Um, but if we want to win a series and be contenders again, like we did when we won the Stanley Cup, we have to play some better defense and we have to keep leads once we finally get them. Um, you know, it just seems like that the leads are slipping away so very easily once, once, you know, uh, once they have them. So, um, uh, it looks like as of right now in the East, the Capitals are on top in the standings. Um, and then the Bruins, the Flyers, and then the Penguins, not very many games in so far. There hasn't been that many games played. Um, in the Central, the Blue Jackets are up, Dallas, and then Nashville. Um, and then in the North, the Maple Leafs, uh, the Canadians, and then the Jets. And then in the West, uh, the Vegas Knights, who have actually been playing really well, um, Colorado, um, and then Minnesota. Um, so uh, over in the Central – uh, Tampa, the defending Stanley Cup champs, are kind of down right now. Um, of course, they're what first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and fifth place in the Central. 
but that doesn't really mean much right now since there hasn't been very many games that have been played. So, um, and they're doing I mean, a they're shorter three and season. one. Yeah, I think they're doing a shorter season. I think it's fifty-six games. I think they're playing instead, so um, won't be as long of a normal NHL season like it normally is. So, um, but you know, most of these things like the NBA, NHL, it'll be more to talk about once the playoffs actually start. But um, you know, we can, we can kind of talk about certain things you know happening during the season when that when that uh, comes up. Um, was there anything you wanted to add in there before we wrap up, you know, talking about the contest and stuff? Um, I'm still working on getting the art stuff. So trying to figure out exactly how we want to do it. Okay. Just a heads up. So I I should have that next week to be able to throw that up as like a, uh, maybe like a, a second prize or something like that. Or I don't know. That way we have more than just the one prize. Okay, cool. That sounds like a great idea. Um, hopefully you'll get the uh, box with the pops and the uh, the cards here soon, so that way you can kind of take some of those cards to his shop to uh, let people pick up or hand out or whatnot. Um, so hopefully that will get to you here pretty soon. I thought it would have been there by now. I'm kind of surprised, actually. Um, I haven't checked the mail today, so... <laughs> Um, alrighty, well, cool. Well, uh, well, before we talk about the, uh, the contest and the official rules and everything, you have to wrap up things like you always do for us. Earl Thomas, still not signed. (laughs) Uh, love it. Um, all right. So the contest is the, uh, basically Super Bowl picks. Uh, so what you have to do is you have to, to participate to win the $25 B-Dubs gift card or potentially maybe some uh, artwork from uh, someone uh, if we do get that to happen uh, for second place. Uh, so what you do is you pick either the Bucks or the Chiefs to win um, and you pick the final score. And whoever gets the team right and the closest on the score uh, will uh, win the, the prize. But to be able to participate in it, you do have to go to our YouTube channel. Uh, You have to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, You have to like it. And then you have to leave a comment on the YouTube channel of your pick and who, what the final score is going to be. So you can just put Bucks or Chiefs and you can put the score. Um, And that gets you an entry. So, you know, last year we did it where you had to do all of that on the Facebook page. We want to promote the YouTube channel uh, this year. So you have to do it on this video or the next video. So you have two chances to be able to do it. It's either going to be this video or the next one uh, next next Friday. So you got two, two opportunities to be able to do it um, in the sense of to get your pick in. You don't have two, two guesses. Um, you only get one guess. But uh, you have uh, two opportunities to be able to use that one, that one guess. So... Um, did I leave anything out when it comes to the rules for that? Did I cover everything? I think you covered everything. Alrighty. Awesome. Well, we're excited. I am super duper excited for next week to be able to talk about prop bets. I love that aspect of the Super Bowl. Get to, you know, predict how long the national anthem is going to be played or if there's going to be a wardrobe malfunction or, 
how long is halftime going to be? Or, you know, there's so many fun prop bets that you can do. Um, how many times are they going to point out the age difference between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes? Like, you know, stuff like right. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it, it's fun. I love prop bets. It's always my favorite thing to do uh, right before the Super Bowl. Um, as always, follow us on uh, our YouTube so you can enter into the contest. Uh, YouTube channel, Sports Harder Podcast. Um, subscribe, uh, like, follow us on there. Uh, get on Facebook, Sports Harder Podcast. Um, uh, Instagram, uh, Sports underscore Harder underscore Podcast. Twitter at Sports uh, Harder P, capital S, capital P. Um, listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that does podcasts, you'll be able to find us. All you have to do is search for uh, Sports Harder Podcast or Sports Harder um, and it'll come up for you. So uh, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate the listens and views as always. And uh, until next week, we will catch you guys on the flip side. Let's-